0: We're talking about dead lucky. Hey, 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 Chris and Annie. Yes. Can I strike a gong to summon you two? Hell no. What?
1: Welcome to Drinks of the Doll, episode 108. You're listening to Drinks at the Doll, a podcast waystation for Lost Girl fans. I'm your host, Annie. And I'm Chris. And I'm Stephanie. And in this episode, we are talking about Dead Lucky, episode
0: five of season one, written by Emily Andrus. I should know who it was directed by, but I don't. Sorry, director. So how about you, Annie? What do you think about this episode?
1: It's osmosis. It's all osmosis. Because even though there's no Lauren, that's my buzzer down... With no Lauren episode. <laughs> but thank,
0: thank you for uh, explaining.
1: Yeah, but I, I, I think because you mentioned Meyer so much and you mentioned this episode so much, I remember it more than I think I do. So, before even rewatching it, so it's a pretty good episode with the Faye of the week and with I like Meyer's character and how he gets Beau involved and how they she gets a debt out of him, which is later replayed in uh, Vexed. And of course, the introduction of Cassie. I enjoy this episode. It's it's entertaining. It's
2: funny, uh, but it's also I think the first episode that I genuinely found upsetting
0: because of the shien.
2: Yes, I mean, there's a creepy fae who can jump from dead body to dead body. That's that's upsetting to me. Plus, there's also the the frost giant with. The ice thumbs and like seriously injuring Bo, Bo nearly dies. That that's not okay.
0: Well and and I think that they are going for a like metaphorical sexual assault scene because the, the scene starts out with the ice giant saying something to the effect of, I will use force when necessary. And Ew. then clearly his thumbs very, very phallic and he's poking them into Bo. Ew. Yeah.
2: Plus, he's Ew. and he's like on top of her when yes. he does it, and yeah. he's got her pressed down to and a pinned. table. Yeah, and
0: upsetting. It is upsetting, but he gets impaled Grossness. by a giant clock thingy. I forget what it is exactly, but he gets impaled. So
1: I got arrow. Yeah, deserved it. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this episode was directed by John Foss. Okay, Yeah. I knew there was one director. One by of my Fawcett, favorite directors. Which one it was? Yes, yeah. I like John Foss
0: a lot. Yeah. Thank you.
1: My, one of my favorite Xena directors as well.
0: But yeah, this is like a really fun Fave of the Week episode for me. I've mentioned several times. Love the guest stars. And this episode has like a really high joke density. Pretty much every line or every other line makes me either laugh out loud or smile. Because Andress. Yes, because she's really funny. And and even though it's dumb, I love the little joke that concludes the the teaser of the episode where Bo says, sorry about your
1: nuts. <laughs> makes me giggle. So many nut jokes. <laughs> so many nut hits in this yes. episode. You really should
0: invest in a cup. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the guy, you know, Seymour, he's just so lame. I mean, how many hits to the nuts can he get? He's just not protecting himself. But... Oh, he deserved it, too. Yes, he did. He did deserve it. I, that's true. But invest in a cod piece, man. <laughs> God. Maybe he can borrow one from Vex. <laughs> I don't know. That's just why nothing... You know his plan didn't work. Nothing worked. He, need, he needs Vex he needs Max's piece just...
0: that has all the like spiky things because that would that would yep. keep Bo from punching him in the nuts
1: again. It's a defensive as well as a protective exactly,
0: weapon. exactly
1: junk punch.
0: But I like that I, <laughs> I like that Meyer offers it up as an option to another groin shot for the road. <laughs> In that uh, moment, I can kind of see why Seymour tried to get back at his uncle, but I still don't like Seymour. But it
2: it just made us like Meyer more, right? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: But we have that interesting combination of cultures going on in those scenes with Meyer because you have Meyer, who is a very kind of new york jewish character he's i think he's actually named after one of the member of the jewish mafia who was really instrumental in building up las vegas i forget i should look up his last name but it's my or something spelled the same way m-a-y-e-r
2: no 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 spelled differently i think but <laughs> it's Meyer. either spelled the same or differently <laughs> it's one of the two stephanie's not sure
0: <laughs> thank you chris
2: <laughs> here to help <laughs>
0: So we have. I, I remember I was talking to somebody about this whole scene because he was mentioning what's going on. Because we got a Jewish character in a Chinese restaurant, and then we have Cassie comes in who's dressed in like a J-pop outfit. What is going on here? And the whole Jewish people in Chinese restaurants thing, I think is is a very. It's actually really culturally established. There's a there's a tie to between Jews and Chinese food. Which do, do you know?
1: Do you? Uh, I did not know okay. that. Yeah. Did
2: you know that, Chris? I mean, I've I've heard of it. I don't have, like, actual knowledge about it, but I am aware that such a connection exists.
0: Yeah. I, some of it is, you know, Jews who don't celebrate Christmas, if they want to go out to eat, Chinese restaurants are generally open. So there's, like, there's there's that joke on, on Glee, even, where mm-hmm. Puck is talking about his Christmas Chinese dinner with his mother where they watch Schindler's List, you know?
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't know about that. It was just good to see a clashing of cultures. I didn't know it was based in reality. From what I
0: understand, though, and I find this really interesting, hopefully y'all will too. From what I understand, the tie between sort of Jewish culture and Chinese culture or Chinese restaurants, particularly in New York, came about from the fact that when Jewish immigrants settled in New York, they were in the same kind of area as Italian immigrants and Chinese immigrants. Jewish people, if they wanted to go out to eat, it's very hard for them to eat kosher at Italian restaurants because of the meat and the dairy is in a lot of Italian food. But Chinese food, there's not a lot of dairy in it, period. So it's really easy to eat kosher at a Chinese restaurant. And so that sort of, Uh. and it was cheap to eat at a Chinese restaurant. That sort of is is what I understand anyway, to be kind of like the birth of the intersection of Jewish culture and Chinese culture.
2: Makes sense. Mm -hmm.
0: Plus dairy,
2: you know, lactose intolerance.
0: Exactly. A lot of Chinese people tend to be lactose intolerant. Are you lactose
2: intolerant, Chris? Uh, I I was more as a child. I'm not too much now. Okay.
1: <laughs> I am not lactose intolerant. Neither is my cat. <laughs> I do wonder, though, about the fact that Meyer's niece is
0: is this Japanese character, maybe? I'm not sure. I have yeah. a Japanese yeah. aunt. Mm-hmm. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, it's not... Oh, no, no, no. There's like... She, yeah, But I feel like there's a story there, the fact that, you know, this is otherwise seems to be a very Jewish family, and then there's a Japanese niece. That happens. Oh, I, totally, <laughs> totally. I think. Totally. That's it's all a I'm idea. saying. <laughs> so what are some things that make you
2: happy in this episode, Chris? <laughs> Trick with his, uh, did my troll
1: get out? Of course. Of course. Uh, you realize it's because it's the whole sexy times again, yes. but it's the most sexy times dissonant in and beau have ever had to this point because she got she almost died so of course it's going to be loud sexy times more so than at the end of episode two or at the beginning of this episode mm. actually another
2: thing since we're on the topic of Bo and dyson uh-huh. i enjoyed how at the beginning of the episode they sort of established terms to their, re- their their uh arrangement
0: even though they progressively broke every single rule throughout the episode yes but i like that they actually talked about yeah, it. they had the conversation
1: yeah Because at least they're acknowledging it. Well, that was interesting, because I didn't remember that at all. And I'm like, wow, they have so many more rules than Bo and Lauren ever did. They just had one. They've got, like, ten. Well, but the whole thing was,
2: it it wasn't going to be a quote-unquote relationship so much as an arrangement. Friends with benefits. So, yeah. You know.
0: You're right, though. I I like that we see them try to, like, talk and negotiate their relationship it's 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 nice to see that sort of
2: conversation happening on television they try they try it. they try to be mature about it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah
1: before it didn't work but that's television pretty
2: miserably i think because both
0: of them didn't have the intentions that they thought that they had in the beginning or was trying were trying to pretend that they had
2: well mm-hmm. and you know there are secrets involved and Numbers. that never helps no but yeah, never yeah at least the intent was there mm-hmm. at some point to some extent at the beginning <laughs>
0: But this wasn't too long after Dyson did that really jackass thing in O Kappa My Kappa, where he arranged it so that Bo would catch him making out with the waitress. So I really like that we see Kenzie tell him off for that in this episode. That might be my favorite thing. Just
2: because I feel like Dyson needed a good telling off. And I like that Kenzie's being like the best friend kind of thing where, you know, don't hurt my friend or I'm going to hurt you. And she's like flicking rubber bands at him and...
1: (laughs) And then he catches it, and then she puts the, po- the post-it on him. The I'm stupid <laughs> post-it. Yeah, I forgot about that. But yeah, I love Kenzie because how many times has a thousand-year-old shifter been told off by a human?
0: But I, I like the way that she says it, because she says, you know, you treated Bo like shit, and yet somehow you're forgiven. I-, I like that she really tells him to his face, like, what you did, that was shitty. Mm-hmm. So the fact yeah. that Bo forgiven you is a miracle.
2: Again, it's sort of that best friend thing of like, okay, my best friend may forgive you, but don't forget that I haven't because Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. looking out for her even if you're not. Yeah,
0: This is a pretty good episode for Kenzie. generally. She's very much, I think, the B-plot, but a very strong B-plot to Bo's A-plot because this is where she's really trying to come into her own in the Fae world. And she's getting a lot of not particularly helpful advice from Hale. He's kind of given her a hard time, but she's really emerging as... Her own entity, I think, in this in this relationship.
1: Well, I thought it was kind of the opposite, where Hale was kind of like, "Oh, we're the sidekicks again," but she kind of just took that and ran with it and went, "No, I'm going to do something on my own." And he he was, I thought he was encouraging her in a way to go. Are you going to take that line down? I don't. Well, know.
0: I think it's more he was. I think he was trying to sort of give her a hard time about it because mm-hmm. every time she would sort of come back at him and be like, nope, I'm not going to stay here and have and play pool with you. I'm going out and doing my own thing and he'd say, "You're doing better." So I I guess I phrased it wrong, but I feel like he's kind of aching her to into stepping more into his own, into her own her own direction, her own determining what she's going to do by herself rather than just tagging along after Beau. I think that's fair. So what's something else that makes y'all happy in this episode?
1: Annie, do you have anything? I really like seeing Cassie for the first time because how she develops later in the series. But as you said, see her in this cute little J-pop thing and you're like, what? But to realize uh, how powerful she is later when she reads Bo for the first time and Bo's all freaked out. And then to see how that, uh, you know, we've discussed that um, in episodes about this, about the current season, how that shifts later. How she doesn't, she's tired of people using her for just her powers, but... I was thinking she'd been in Meyer's racket for so long, just being kind of fae for rent, of going, oh, you do a favor for me, I'll rent out my oracle niece to you. So, mm-hmm. But you said, I think you mentioned at one point she seemed really excited about using her powers in this episode. She's kind of like, like a teenager.
0: When she sits down with Bo, she's like, let's see what we can do. She just seems really excited about... After cannon. she yeah.
1: spits out her lollipop.
0: Yeah. She <laughs> kind of like throws yeah. it to the side. yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs>
2: I do, I do enjoy Cassie in this episode.
1: Ah, uh, Chandler gives me
2: cotton mouth.
1: Do you have a mint? <laughs> <laughs> you, you got a mint? <laughs> yeah, i am got a Ralph.
0: <laughs> but and it's interesting to see what she shows Bo because we get to see when Bo real first realized she was a succubus. And I'm not always a huge fan of flashbacks, but I thought that was a really good
2: flashback. It was a good way to do it.
0: Yeah, it was. It, I think that was mm-hmm. useful to see mm-hmm. as an audience. It wasn't just superfluous information.
1: And in a rewatch, I remember how in this rewatch, I was seeing how Cassie was saying to Bo, oh, you didn't know what you were, if you were a sinner or this or that, which really connects with later in season three when she goes back home. And that's how her family looked at her. Right. You know, that raised her. That's how her mom looked at her. It was this evil thing where it wasn't just that Bo was evil, it's that sex itself was evil. So her powers were. So that's how we get this background into how that's how Bo thought, that's what Bo grew up thinking about her powers for the last ten years, not knowing what they were.
0: And I kind of imagine that Bo that we see in this episode running home to her parents and just being really scared and about this thing that had happened and them throwing her out of the house. It just makes it got. I got a little emotional actually.
1: Oh mm-hmm. yeah. yeah,
0: thank you, Chris. Yeah. She's patting my knee.
1: <laughs> oh, it's what yeah, was close. Yeah, like that expression. That expression, how Anna interprets that scene when she gets out of the truck and runs away and she just looks so scared yeah. I always thought that was a good bit and she yeah.
0: manages to actually look pretty darn young in those yeah. in those scenes I, I know they've got a lot of like haziness going on and that always helps with
1: youthening <laughs> <laughs> youthening <laughs> <laughs> <Euphemizing>. <laughs> this is this is a real word Stephanie <laughs>
0: That always helps with making actors look a little younger. But I I think it's also just sort of her posture and the way that she holds the shirt up to her. She just looks very young in that whole sequence. Maybe not quite 18, but.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I always think she looks particularly vulnerable because that's all she's got is what I assume is Kyle's shirt. And, uh, you know, isn't wearing anything else and just running away, scared and alone. So Mm. it's a very effective little flashback.
2: And now we're all sad. We're sad. Oh, sad for Young Bo, poor Young Bo.
0: I was also thinking about what we see at the very end that Cassie sees about Bo, where she talks about how how Bo's mom is coming, and she gives kind of a history of Bo's mom. She's like betrayed by the one she loved the most, yada yada yada. But that line stuck out because we—that's <laughs>
2: an exact quote, yada yada yada.
0: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> But because we know subsequently that it was it was it because of Trick's actions that she ended up in the hands of the Dark King. So is he supposed to be the one that she loved the most, the, her father? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it
1: was like trick, I don't know, yeah. It, it was interesting seems
2: that way, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. It I took note mm-hmm. of that this time. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. So what's And a- the the creepy scary shots of Bo sort of bloody and slashing with the bloody hacking sword away. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Or machete or whatever
1: the hell that is. Machete. <laughs> Looks like a machete to me. <laughs> So, what's something that made you happy, Chris? I enjoyed Bo and Kenzie aliasing it up and going undercover. With that, of course, Alias always does those slow mo shots as they walk in the room, like when Sydney and her sister walked in the club. It's that similar kind of thing. You notice on Alias, it's always a German nightclub. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not always, but like
2: ninety percent of the time. German, yeah.
1: <laughs> Or it's a European nightclub, yeah. And Kenzie's wig was very aliasy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yes. there, there's the whole
2: thing about getting dressed up, and then there's Kenzie at her wig, and they're, like, Redwig. scoping out the place, and I'm like, this is so
1: aliasy. I love it. <laughs> I know. But then, I love Bo's dress. I love the color yeah. of that dress. that's a great dress. So. That's a she great looked dress. good until it gets ruined by the stupid frost giant. The stupid frost giant. And I love how Kenzie, we see more of her skills and how quickly she's able to know everybody's tell and she's talking about how her father used to gamble and everything so it's really cool to be reminded of all these bits of kenzie's past and how skilled she is at certain things and i love how you know within like 10 minutes she's got that guy's cigar in her mouth and everything and (laughs) she's trying to grab all the chips even as bo's in trouble and the whole room explodes in a fight so so that's just cracked me up she didn't throw him back
2: on the table but yeah
0: yeah, I think she realized that probably she wouldn't get any money if she tried to bring them back later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they weren't money. They were just chips. Mm-hmm. But we also see in this episode how much being with Bo is taking a toll on Dyson. Mm-hmm. I-, I feel like that's something that gets lost maybe in later seasons. But I mean, to be fair, we-, we do see her going to him for sex quite a bit in this particular episode.
1: Well, quite a bit in general in the first season. And maybe he's he's still getting used to being a, with a succubus because, you know, succubus don't seem to come around that often. So
0: I also was thinking about the fact that really in the first season, right, we see Bo coming to accept the fact that she is a succubus and coming into her abilities more. And I was thinking about how Dyson encourages her in that arena. Cause we have in both the, the sort of sexy time moment at the end of where there's a will, there's a fey and here where he's encouraging her to sort of take what she needs from him when they're when they're having sex. And I don't know, I had never really thought about it in that regard before. But I, I think that really is Dyson trying to be like, you are who you are. I know what you need. Take what you need.
1: Huh. I'd never thought of it that way. But he is, I mean, he especially has to encourage her in this episode, because she's dying. You know, yes, to say, don't worry about me, just unleash everything and don't let back or don't hold back. Right. Well, I
2: mean, that's the whole thing, right? Is Beau has essentially been trying desperately to hold back for the past ten years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it makes sense that she'd need a little encouragement. Encouragement, I it. guess.
0: Yeah. But I was just thinking about it in that context when I was rewatching this episode that that was a way that he helped her sort of become accept who she is and and what she needs as a as a succubus.
1: Right. Permission. Mm-hmm. Yes. Permission to let it flow. <laughs>
0: That sounded a little gross.
1: (laughs) It was intended to. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And he says, "Damn right it
0: does." (laughs) Okay, so I put this on my list of things that make me happy, but it's kind of—it's like halfway on there. It's kind of partially falling off, but it's there's enough that it's kind of balancing. Now that sounds (laughs) dirty. It's kind of going downhill. (laughs) It's
1: deflating oh hate when that
0: happens but okay so there's the scene right where we see this blonde woman dancing around in the morgue and it turns out that it's eddie the Sheen and he's he's you know occupied this woman's body and is dancing around as her here's why i like that scene is that it's a it's clearly the scene of at least when we first see it, it it's like a woman enjoying her own body it's not about performing for anybody else this sexy dance. It's just about her appreciating the fact that, like, she likes the way that her body moves and the way that her body feels. But then it gets weird when... You know, I was going to say, that's not actually what it is. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but yeah, that's exactly. not what it is. <laughs> exactly, because that's not that. And then we see Eddie like dismissively drop her body to the floor. So it's that's why it's sort of halfway on my things
2: I like uh,
1: list. Yeah, because- but then it just becomes icky
2: because it's Eddie in the body. But right. then Eddie gets scissors in the back and somebody else taking over his body so he kind of deserved it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's true. I don't know, I find it an interesting scene regardless of whether you know that that's a dude Dancing around in another person's body, but I, I do like it from sort of first impressions wise, but then it gets weird after mm. you know what's going on. Because so.
2: then it's like some creepy dude enjoying a woman's body and that's gross. Oh,
1: yeah. Yes and that's, no, but he's
2: not yeah. like feeling her up and no, stuff.
1: No, I know, but he's just yeah, enjoying but it's still the way that her body moves. because he's still. I guess. Yeah. There are way
0: weirder know. things he could have been doing to her body. Ew. I'll just that's say true. That ew, 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 ew ew ew, 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 ew. See? Ew, 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 ew. See?
2: Damn it, Stephanie!
0: <laughs> to change the subject, though, I will say, just as a concluding thought, I enjoy the tall dead guy with like the two bullet holes in his head where, like the. I don't know. I just. I, I know. I'm I enjoy like, that actor.
2: <laughs> I have a question about this. Okay, he's got two bullet holes in his head. Dyson stops him by putting another bullet in his head, and I don't understand. No, he doesn't shoot him, Dyson. Didn't he? No, he threatens to. Didn't he?
1: Oh, um, oh, yeah, he does. But then why did he think that would work then if that's I'm just because if the guy's in the body and the body, his original body is not around before the body decomposes, then he's going to die. There's a line in
0: there. Yeah, there's a line in there establishing that if Dyson shot this guy, it would kill the Shien. Right. And he didn't have a dead body in reach that he could jump to before Dyson
2: could pull the trigger.
1: Oh, okay. or, his, or his own body. Yeah. Yeah. It still kind
2: of doesn't make sense to me, but okay. Okay. Just because like the body is already dead, so right, I don't know why I know I, killing a dead body is gonna that's I, you true. know what I mean. Well, yeah. The Fey logic
0: apparently they do have a line in there establishing that if Di- Dyson shot him, he would be essentially killing Lucas. Uh,
2: no, I got that. I just don't understand why. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking about it too hard. Is what's happening?
1: I don't understand why the big guy's head is still intact, when you've got two bullet holes in the forehead. But maybe they were small caliber.
0: Or they were far enough away that they didn't go all the way through the skull.
1: Which is unlikely, but yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now we're all thinking about it too much. We just <laughs> it, did My it. job
1: here is done. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> We'd love
0: to hear your thoughts about this episode of Lost Girl, Dead Lucky. You can go and leave a comment on our show notes over at drinksatthedoll.com slash 108. You can also send us an email to feedback at, at com. You can also send us a voice message by clicking on the send voicemail button on the right-hand side of our website. We're also on Twitter and on Facebook. I'm so glad you could join us for Drinks of the Doll. My name is Stephanie.
1: And I'm Annie. Gong! My name is Chris. See, it would work. And Asians come running. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Cheers. Boom. That's my gong sound.